Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning. Good morning from Utah. We got uh, Jeff Martin on with us this morning from the Texas Independent Auto Dealers Association. So we're excited to uh, have him uh, join our audience. And by the way, Jeff, this is a great chance to promote the um, the conference because that was our, our first audience, announcement. Our audience at the BHBH Morning Show, our following is up to like six or seven people now. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's more people that listen to it, though. It's actually a, lot, a little bit higher than that. Um, yeah, we get a lot of people that will download them on the, uh, the different podcasts, the syndicated yeah. podcast stuff. And so it's been kind of fun to watch. So, you know, know, car dealers are mostly our audience and they're on the move. So, uh, you know, some join live, more listen to it as a as a recorded uh, event after the fact. But anyway, yeah. we're glad to have you with us. And Appreciate you jumping in for White Hat Wednesday. You're an excellent guest for us to have to talk about. Absolutely. The, uh, the White Hat way, as we call it, and kind of what we call the good guy and good girl approach yeah. to uh, the buy here, pay here business. Yeah. So welcome. Yeah, welcome. Well, well, I appreciate the invite. Thank you for having me. And uh, whether it's one dealer or it's 100 dealers, uh, <laughs> every one of them counts uh, in our book. So we're, yeah, we're happy sure. to be here. Yeah, no, we, we appreciate that. So, yeah, you got a conference coming up in, uh, I count, 11 days. Starts on Sunday the 24th, right? It feels like every day it uh, it's getting closer and closer. I think that's what they say. Yeah, it's right. very, very close. We're excited about it. Um, have uh, Probably it, it's going to probably end up being our largest attendance that we've ever had at our conference. Nice. And that's excited fantastic. to have you two out at the conference as well. <laughs> yeah, we'll be uh, speaking on Monday morning on uh, business planning, and then I'll be moderating a panel on Tuesday with some dealers from uh, across the country. So we're excited to do that. Uh, I think it's called BHPH Unplugged. So um, so that'll be a really excellent session as well. But I think you told us that the uh, exhibit hall is sold out. Has been sold out for quite some time, actually. We'll have about 125 um, uh, vendors and sponsors in the expo. Nice. And um, that that'll that's about the size that we usually like to have is uh, for the number of dealers that we have attend. We'll, we'll have right at 300, a little over 300 dealers and um, an expo with 125 makes sense. You can get through that expo in that time frame and it gives you a good quality time to visit with our vendors. And I think you also told us um, when we saw you at uh, NIADA that your um, your room block is sold out. Or can dealers still attend? They might have to stay somewhere else, but dealers can still sign up and come in, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And we'll have a number of people who will register um, on the spot. Uh, right. The event is in Round Rock, Texas, and there are mm -hmm. some other venues outside of the um, primary um, location that we're having the event where vendors, I mean, where uh, dealers can still uh, stay. But I will say this, if you're a dealer out there listening and uh, you're interested in attending the conference, um, give us a call. Uh, we'll help you get registered and we'll see sometimes uh, a couple of those rooms will pop up from time to time. And when they do pop up, we usually try to grab those. Excellent. I hope Michelle and I have a room. So we, we, well, last we said, I checked, I think I've got a printed. I, I thought you guys were bringing the RV. Well, <laughs> no, we actually left the RV behind yeah. in Florida and we're, uh, we're looking forward to staying at the Kalahari. We've not been there. So yeah, that'll yeah. be a, a fun experience. 
Yeah, it's a really fun property. Um, I know a lot of our um, attendees end up making a little bit of a mini vacation out of it. They bring their family. One yeah. side is a gigantic water park. I think it's the largest indoor water park in the United States. And then the other side is really business. The way they built this property, it, it's only, gosh, I'm going to say they finished it in 2019. And uh, so one side is kind of water park and, and family fun. And the other side is really conference and business. They have some fine dining restaurants there. So it gives you a little bit of the best of, of both worlds. It's a, it's a really, really good property for our venue. Yeah, yeah we, we've talked to a few different colleagues, dealers and uh vendors alike and and they're talking about bringing their families yeah for sure with them so I, i'm kind of looking forward to actually seeing the other you know spouses and kids and things that we've we've talked about it'll be kind of right fun. i gotta pause and do a quick mention um for those who are tuning in on facebook and otherwise um, let us know that you're listening please uh what tell us what you're state from? you're you're uh, listening from and uh, and just a reminder too if uh, if you're like most folks and you have to bail out before the broadcast ends you can always find it out there on YouTube or on uh, your favorite podcast channel after the fact so right. so just, we understand people are on the go and uh, it's the nature of of what we do but yeah so Jeff you've been the executive director at Texas since uh, 2006 right that's correct i think i saw on your profile that july this month would have in the month you started is that right that is actually right wow you did, <laughs> happy you anniversary your, well thank you very much you did your research i had to think about that when you said that but yes <laughs> i think it was somewhere around uh july 6th or 8th uh in 2006 wow that seems like a long time ago so yeah. I, you know, I want to talk about your perspective then across those years you've you've seen your association change we certainly have from the outside looking in we've seen a lot of progress and you guys do a wonderful job i think um couple of things I'd be interested to know. I, I want to say you told me that your particular association has a pretty high percentage of buy here, pay here dealers, at least that participate in the events. Is that right? That's correct. And, and really in, in totality, Jim, we, um, we have a, just over 70% of our dealers identify themselves as primarily in the buy here, pay here business. Um, and, uh, and then, so that then is reflected in our participation as well. Uh, our conference has changed a little bit over the last seven to eight years where mm -hmm. we have started seeing more, um, so, uh, or more retail dealers come in. And some of that is because, and, and you know this better than I do, Jim, but the, um, the landscape has changed in our industry a lot. And so what we're seeing is a lot of hybrids. Uh, where someone might have identified themselves as exclusively buy here, pay here in the past. Now they identify themselves uh, as primarily buy here, pay here, but but they also will do a little bit of retail. And some of that has to do with uh, the, the price of vehicles. But but yeah, we're about a 70 percent or, or our, our makeup membership makeup is about 70 percent uh, primarily buy here, pay here. Good. So, you know, we probably have a few listening in from Texas. I see Amanda Sanchez. Good morning, Amanda. She's listening Steve in from Hall. Alabama this morning. But uh, yeah. she uh, so and, and Amanda, this is something uh, for me to kind of get a plug in out there. Amanda <laughs> is somebody who does uh, accounting. So most of you dealers out there have a stack of payables going out this week. Make sure your state association is in that stack of payables. If you've not already joined your state association, please get that check in there. We can't emphasize enough. It'd be one of the most valuable mm -hmm. um, returns on investment you could possibly uh, add. And so we, we want to see all dealers get in there. 
and uh, certainly Texas. Uh, you guys do a great job. You have pretty good participation, but I know you'd always love to have more. Well, I, I appreciate that, uh, Jim. Yeah, but but I'll also just add to that. You know, when when you think about it in, as as far as like a stack of payables, you know, the associations really belong to the members, and mm-hmm. you know, I always say they're member owned, member governed associations. And so, if right. the association is not meeting your needs, or the association is not moving in the direction that you want it to move in, you know, make sure that you're getting involved in your association. I, I, I don't own the association. My job is to manage the association. Um, and so I, I would always hope that dealers and or for that matter, the associate members, the sponsors, that they would look at it more as you know, th- this is what the association is about and what it represents should represent who they are. Sure. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's just kind of a different mentality in looking at it as far as a membership and being a part of it and something that you want to be proud of. So if the association in your state's not moving in the direction that you want it to, and that goes for Texas as well, you know, I encourage you to get involved in the association because it is, it, you know, it, it does belong to the members. We, uh, we know you're very much involved in, you know, talking to dealers and members and, uh, and getting feedback from them. Heck, we saw you made a swing up into the panhandle not long ago and, and uh, so that's that's familiar uh, territory, territory for me. I grew up in the Oklahoma Panhandle, spent a lot of time, you know, in that area of the North Texas and then the Panhandle. So, yeah, we know you're out there doing that. I would say we want to also um, talk about the fact that, you know, Michelle and I recognize and I hope dealers recognize that, you know, if Jeff Martin and TIADA and NIADA aren't out there doing it for you, which is lobbying and representing your interest at the legislative level, who's going to do that for you? Who's going to do that for you, Mr. Dealer? If, if these associations aren't there to be your voice on Capitol Hill at the state or national level, who's going to do that? That's if your check goes only to that purpose, then that's the tremendous value that they bring. And so we know you guys are out there doing that. Maybe you should tell us about, we know you're, you're uh, kind of leading the the education on this new FTC safeguards rule. And I might just clarify, I said this to Michelle this morning, I want to make sure I'm right. Doesn't the CFPB fall under the FTC umbrella? It does not. They're totally separate agencies. But but the FTC has been extremely aggressive, uh, certainly within the last two years. Okay. Uh, We haven't seen, uh, we haven't seen the FTC be quite this aggressive in the past. Okay. So Michelle and I are operational advisors. We don't get involved in legal at all. So we Mm -hmm. deflect and and refer people who ask questions of a compliance nature. But uh, we know that you're very much plugged into that. And so I'm going to have you share with our audience, um, you know, a little bit about what the safeguards rule is and why it matters to the typical buy here, pay here dealer. Yeah, uh, well, the safeguards rule is going to affect um, all financial institutions. And so certainly any uh, any dealer is going to fall fall under that. There are a number of new requirements that the FTC just came out with that are going to go into effect in December. Um, one of the requirements is that dealers of a certain size are going to have to be able to show that they have trained their employees on how to protect customer information. And so one of the things that we felt was a responsibility of our association is to make sure that we were providing that training to our dealers. And so we have a course that dealers can um, can take and, and we feel like it will fit 
what the FTC is asking for. There are a lot of other requirements there um, as far as policies that you now have to have in place. Uh, and the course that we are providing also include those policies. They're sample policies. You can certainly take those and make them your own. Um, but but that's that's the role that we're playing. And, and again, this is going to affect every dealer. There are some exclusions depending on the size of your dealership as far as um, all of the requirements that are specific to your um, dealership. But if you have 5,000 or more, I think it's called customers. And I apologize, I, I can't remember exactly the term that they use there. Um, but if you have 5,000 or more customers, and, and most dealers are going to fall in, into that category, you're going to be required uh, to, uh, to meet these new requirements that the FTC has in place. And, and, and so I'll say there are two courses that we have out there, uh, Jim and Michelle. One is for the qualified individual. And that's part of the FTC requirement is you're going to have to have someone on your staff who is deemed a qualified individual who keeps up with the rules and regulations and also make sure that you have the policies in place to protect your consumer's information. And then outside of the qualified individuals, there is just the general training uh, for everybody from your sales team to if you're in buy here, pay here, your collections team, um, obviously anyone in management. Uh, the way the rules are written, the way we interpret them is it really means anyone at, at your dealership, but we're encouraging um, you know, dealers to at least take a look at that and identify the employees that they feel like need to have this course. And then at the conclusion of the course, uh, you get a certificate and we feel like that'll meet the requirements that FTC is going to be looking for to show that you are ultimately um, uh, trying to, to, to stay compliant and, and meet those requirements. So if you said it, forgive me, I missed it. Are you, how is the course being delivered? Is it online or in person or how's, how's it done? It, it is. Yeah. No, it's it's online. It's uh, um, it's uh, a course that you can sign up for. The qualified individual takes about 50 minutes. Uh, the course for an individual uh, um, employee takes about 30 to 35 minutes. There's some uh, test questions in the middle of the course that are required uh, just to kind of verify that that you're actually taking the course. You're not just clicking through the uh, clicking mm -hmm. through the slides. And we really put that in place for our larger dealers who are purchasing bulk um, uh, courses and they're assigning those courses to their employees, we wanna make sure that they're able to keep up with and see when the employee has taken the course and when they've completed the course. Right, very good. Uh, somebody so just can, in. Oh, go Let ahead. me just say real quick, Jim, I'm sorry to mean to step on top of you there. You mm -hmm. can go to our website uh, and you can find the course at our website, but but frankly, anyone, uh, you know, th this is a course that's nationwide and we have partnered with a number of the other state associations who are promoting the course as well. Uh, and you, you can usually find it through their website, um, but if you can't find it through their website, you can certainly find it through our website. And, and I will mention, Jim, for those of you who are in other states, um, we set this up as a rev share. We, as I mentioned, we partnered with um, Alabama, in fact, is, is one of the states who's doing a really good job making sure that their, um, that their dealer members understand that they need to take this, uh, this, mm -hmm. um, this course. And, uh, and so we're doing a rev share with them for uh, every dollar that you spend on this course, 50% of it goes back to your association. That's, that's what I was going to ask is, you know, is this, is this Texas specific? And if it's not tex Texas specific, um, do you, do you anyone from across the nation has access to it? So that's wonderful. You guys really. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good question, Michelle. Yeah, it's a good question. And like I say, the, the states have been doing a great job in, in pushing mm -hmm. this information out there. Right. 
So we, uh, we have a number of listeners. I, I got to say hello to uh, Tyler Simmons from Abilene Used Cars. And, and Jeff, I saw that, the, and I never met him, but the gentleman from Abilene Used That's, yeah, absolutely. Cars Tommy Gregory. National we're, Quality Dealer, is that right? Yeah, we're very proud of, uh, very proud of Tommy. And Tyler is actually his son-in-law. Hello, Tyler. Uh, speaking yeah. of um, staying actively involved legislatively, Tyler is uh, is uh, he, he's one of our best at um, being active within his community and uh, and obviously um, staying very in tune with what's going on legislatively there in Abilene. But, yes, Tommy uh, did um, uh, was named the National Quality Dealer of the Year. And I got to tell you, Jim and Michelle, you won't find a more humble person, mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> certainly an individual that is never looking for the spotlight. Um, but deserves every every bit of credit. He and his entire family, and he'll be the first to say that you know it's a it's a family um, it's a family endeavor for those guys. And I, I don't anyone who knows uh, Tommy and Wanda and, and their children and and their uh, son in laws um, couldn't be happier for those individuals. Very yeah. very well deserved. And and I'll say this too, he you know like awards and and um, uh, recognition is, is sometimes only as valuable as the people that receive it. And one of the things that I think makes the National Quality Dealer um, Award uh, so valuable is you look at some of the names that are on that list of people. And, and I'll tell you, Tommy's going to add to that. He's going to be somebody that uh, we all as uh, people from this industry are going to be happy that Tommy is, is representing us this year. Nice. Sounds like an excellent. Mentor. I wanted to also make a shout out for GR Moore. He's made a couple of comments, oh, but okay. it doesn't show on our screen. I have to be in Facebook to see that. So good morning, GR. So Jeff, there are a number of people that we know from our Facebook circles that we've we've never met in person. Tyler would be one of them. GR Moore. Now I see Mark Jones is saying hello from MCMC. So good morning, Mark. We've not had a chance to meet you either, but I don't know if you're seeing the comments on your side, Jeff, but Mark says, um, thanks for hosting the best executive director in the country. So well, you- I, I sent him a check last night. Yeah, and good, so good, nice. He's, uh, you know, we'll yeah. just do it for Starbucks yeah. coupons. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, we'll Mark sure. Jones and GR Moore, both uh, super dealers. Uh, GR is out of Corpus Christi. He actually runs our local chapter there in Corpus Christi mm-hmm. um, and just does a fantastic job. Uh, again, an, another one who... Um, earlier this year, we hosted a legislative event there in Corpus Christi and GR helped us get, uh, around 20 dealers, uh, were able to come out and, and hear their state representatives speak. And, and they talked specifically about issues that, uh, address our industry. And then yeah, I can't say enough good things about Mark Jones, you know, associations are, are only as good as their leadership. And, um, we have had a number of fantastic, uh, have and hat had and have a number of fantastic leaders in Texas and a number of great presidents. I can't think of anybody who has done a better job than Mark Jones. Uh, specifically, you know, when you talked about being out in the panhandle, when I went to Mark is out of the, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, out of uh, Burleson, Texas. And so when I went to the panhandle, Mark was up there. He's been to El Paso. He's been to Corpus Christi. He was at uh-huh. the meeting that I talked about with GR. And, you know, we always talk about as an association, one of the responsibilities that we have is growing our influence. Well, it's very rare that someone that a legislator or a policymaker comes to our office to have a conversation with us. You know, we have to go out to their districts. They want to meet people that live in their districts. They want to meet voters. And so we've made a concerted effort to do that. And Mark Jones has traveled the state from uh, literally from El Paso to Beaumont. We 
It's a big state. One, one day we went to a local luncheon in Beaumont. And so for those of you who know Texas, it's about as far east Texas as you can get. And the next day we were at a local chapter event in El Paso, which is oh, about boy. as far west Texas as you can get. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just shows the commitment, uh, you know, the the members of this association, the commitment that they have to the association. And that's what makes the association successful. Yeah, for sure. Well, good leadership helps. Yeah. And uh, we, we see that you guys are doing that. And so it's wonderful. Um, and I didn't prepare you for this question. I, I want to, and you can maybe answer this, but I wonder the flavor of the conversations, like when you're at the table in these conversations with um, some of the leadership, whether it's FTC, you know, any of these kind of things, the conversations that happen, we, we know, Jeff, that you you represent a lot of dealers who are out there trying to do things the right way. Like we see those are the folks that are at the conference. They're trying to get better at their business. They're trying to do things the right way. And so um, what is your sense of the dialogue, you know, that, that happens with those folks? Are they like, how do they go about making the judgment about who they're going to target? What, it, what What's your sense about that? Yeah, well, that's a great question, Jim. And let me just back up real quick and say, so when it comes to the FTC and when it comes to CFPB, those are federal (coughs) agencies. And we really lean on NIEDA to take the lead um, with those particular agencies. But but as it relates to our states and what state executives, uh, you know, kind of a responsibility that we have is number one, building that relationship. And and then number two, it's mostly education, Jim. You know, when you talk about White White Hat Wednesday, it's not just in our industry. I mean, there's a lot of white hats out there. There's a lot of people that want to do things the right way, whether they're in the towing industry or they're in the, um, the dismantlers or the crushers or um, the vehicle storage facilities, whatever the case may be. There's a lot of good people out there. And what ends up happening, just like it does in our industry, every now and then you'll have a couple of knuckleheads and you know they will do something that gets the attention of legislators and policymakers because it comes to them through their constituents. Right. And then the legislators or the you know, policymakers, they say, well, we'll step in here and we'll fix this. And so I think our, our responsibility, number one, is to make sure that they know that we're here as a resource. Um, anytime they have a question about this industry, they can reach out to us. And then the second part of that is educating them because, you know, we always say every bill is somebody's bill. There's never a piece of legislation that just magically uh, appears. Someone is, is working behind that. And sometimes there are unintended consequences to that bill. And if the legislator doesn't know about those unintended consequences, uh, they're not aiming to fix that. So when, you know, when you said, Jim, when they're, when they're targeting something, they're trying to fix a specific thing. And many times the bill that they introduce will be fixing whatever that specific thing is. But there's all these unintended consequences, specifically when you start looking at, you know, lien holder issues. Um, there, there can uh, there can be situations that pop up where we need to go in and make sure that we educate them. Mm-hmm. The, the best position for us to be in is that when a legislator sees a bill or when uh, a constituent comes to them and has a concern or an issue, the best position we can be in is that they call us and they say, hey, I, I got I have a constituent who has a concern about a title issue or they're not getting their titles transferred in time or, or whatever the case may be. Can you explain that to me before we before we move forward? And uh, and so that, that's in, in my in my. I guess to answer your question, Jim, and I know I'm going a long way about answering it is that there's two parts. One is to build that relationship and make sure that the legislators know that when they come to you, you're going to give them good information. Um, and, and then the second part of that is to to be able to 
to identify those bills and, and go in and convince the legislators that it's either bad or, or potentially that we can make some adjustments and, and make it work for our industry. Right. Because you, you, you really want it to work for both sides. You know, you, you don't yeah. want to just go in and, you know, and, and just be known as the person who goes in and tries to kill bills because eventually, yeah. you know, the bills belong to legislators. And so you mm -hmm. want to build those relationships and you want to step in and say, hey, how can we help you solve the problem you're solving, but not significantly damage the industry that we represent? And, and I'll tell you, nine out of 10, if not 10 out of 10 legislators, that's what they want as well. Sure. So, you know, I wrote an article that appeared in uh, Texas Dealer Magazine in May, and I wrote about the CFPB, and this was just kind of a fun little kind of imaginary tale that I wrote about how it would be fun if I could spend a few minutes with the CFPB and kind of share with them my own perspective on this industry. And there's several things that we see. You know, one of the things that Michelle and I try to do with the White Hat Way is to spotlight dealers who are out there, you know, doing things the, the right way, trying to take care of customers, focusing on customer retention and, and really kind of being champions for the customer. And so that's that's kind of where we come from. And when I wrote the article, that's kind of what I was trying to be was trying to be the voice of those folks who are out there. You know they're trying to do the right thing and and i think sometimes the agencies and this is bound to be true at the state level too i don't know that the folks who are up there on capitol hill get to really see deep enough into the weeds to understand the challenges that so many of the dealers that we work with face like there are a lot of um you know, there are a lot of challenges that they do and and risks that they take so very real cash risks that they take in serving this customer who, you know, we describe as unbankable and we're trying to be a solution for them and buy here, pay here. And so I just think that that's one of the things that I would always be trying to do is trying to spotlight dealers who do it well and to help those agencies understand the real risks and the challenges that those dealers face trying to trying to be a solution. Yeah. And, and I thought your article was spot on, uh, Jim. Certainly appreciate you contributing to the magazine. And I think that, you know, that was a good voice for so many of the people who feel like sometimes they are you know, under attack or being attacked. When you see, you know, the FTC coming out with these new rules, it implies that you're not protecting your consumers uh, no. information or you're not protecting your consumers data. And, you know, what I tell the Department of Motor Vehicles here in Texas and, and for us, the Office of Consumer Credit Commission and the comptroller are the three main agencies that regulate our dealers. And, and I tell them all the time, look, no matter how much um, regulation you want to put in place, no matter how much protection you want to um, uh, uh, create for the consumer, no one loves our customers more than we love our customers, right? And particularly in that buy here, pay here industry, because to your point, you know, our guys are taking a significant risk. They, you know, the customer usually shows up at that dealership because they've already tried to go get traditional funding and that didn't work for them. And so, you know, while our dealer is taking that risk, that's where I say, you know, our dealer loves our customer more than any legislator, more than any uh, policymaker or, or any regulator, because at the end of the day, we want, you know, our guys want that repeat business and those referrals. And so uh, I think your article was spot on and, and the dealers who are in business for a long period of time. You mentioned so many of those names today, you know, whether they're in the small communities or they're in the larger met metropolitan areas, um, they're taking care of their consumers. Tommy Gregory is a great example you talked about in Abilene there. You know, that's not uh, a major metropolitan area. Everybody knows Abilene used cars and everybody knows Tommy Gregory who lives in Abilene. And so he's he's a person who is going to be taking care of his customers or he's not going to continue to be in business. We've sure. been in Abilene. So, it's not huge. It's not a big place. It's a great community to it do is business. A great community, good yeah. barbecue there. It's good. So, yeah. It's a, it's a so, awesome no, place. 
Um, by the way, we got to say a shout out to uh, Russell Moore who's listening in from Conroe, Texas. I yeah. assume he's in Conroe this he's morning. He's the one that said, "My main man." My main man, Jeff Martin. So, <laughs> no, that goes that goes both ways. Russell yeah. is one of yeah. our board members, and he is he is awesome. Awesome. We certainly, awesome. Would, certainly, like we certainly would put Russell yeah. in the white hat category. So mm -hmm. good morning, Russell. Uh, yeah. So I think um, that's kind of what we see is I think the other thing that and I'll try to remember to email you a picture that circulated on Facebook because I know you're not a Facebook user. But there's some pictures that came up through that we had a really interesting dialogue out there. There's some private Facebook groups that are buy here, pay here centric, you know, and, and there were some photos that circulated. I think it's kind of takes you inside the price that dealers sometimes pay for trying to be a solution for this customer, you know, that they serve. And so I think it's just important for all of us who are out there, you know, representing dealers in this space to understand that piece of it so that, you know, we can, uh, we can remember that when we, when we're speaking on behalf of dealers. And the pictures were of what, what the asset looks like after repo yeah, and and i mean it, and that that was like that's one of the ones that's like oh my gosh that's just that's, and and we're big believers on you know let's let's remember there's the exception and then there's the rule and that was definitely true. the exception but it's still just an example of sometimes the price that is paid and kind of the the nature of the mm -hmm. the you know the the consumer segment that we're trying to serve and we're all trying to be a solution and we, we, we feel their pain. We're trying to create solutions and sometimes we suffer for that. And so I'm just trying to make sure that, you know, folks out there understand that that's, that's part of the thing that happens. And, and that doesn't give any dealer out there the license to do anything abusive, you know, certainly. So that's what I also try to say in my article is, you know, I'm, I'm happy to defend dealers and I'm not an attorney, but I'm happy to speak up on behalf of dealers who are, um, you know, out there trying to do the right thing and be, do right by customers. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. You're hundred percent right, Jim. There's two sides to every story there. And I think that, you know, our responsibility is to make sure that, that we are telling, that we understand that there are some, you know, like I had mentioned earlier, every now and then you're going to have some dealers that maybe um, aren't viewing things through the white hat lens, uh, but but for the most part, we are. And, and what ends up happening and, and you know, the people that are listening on this uh, on, on this broadcast certainly know this. The, the negative um, legislation or the new rules typically come from someone who was not looking at things through that white hat lens. Uh, but then those individuals, they're not going to follow. They, they weren't following the old rules. They're not going to follow the new rules. And they're probably not going to be in business after a couple of years. But those people who are in the industry and are here to stay, you know, those are the ones that it typically affects. And I think that's where, you know, as an association, our responsibility is to continue to make sure that that voice is being heard and say, yes, for every, you know, one, two or three bad situation that's out there, I can show you a hundred of them that are that are positive uh, sure. for the for the consumer and for the the dealer and that's you know we talk all the time about building platforms as an association that's one of the platforms that we have to make sure that that we build and we give voice to you know the russell moores of the world who is another one who does a fantastic job you know his legislators know who he is they know his business they know what uh what business means to him and i think it fits very well in that um kind of that white hat uh mentality that you guys were talking about all the time um, speaking again of white hat dealers, we just had Tommy Brandis. Is that who that is? Yeah, Michelle? Tommy, Tommy Brandis, Brandis from Pennsylvania <laughs> chimed in. So good morning. Tommy. He's out picking tomatoes. I uh, hope he's bringing, Oh, he's not coming to TIAD. He's not. No. So we're, uh, it's probably time to wrap up here. You're a busy man. We know you got other things to do. And, um, I would just tell folks two weeks from today will be Wednesday. 
TIADA conference will have ended, and many of you will be saying, dang it, that was this week. I should have been there. And uh, so we uh, yeah. we would just remind you, if you if you haven't booked, we would uh, urge you to get in there. And and Michelle and I are, look forward to, are looking forward to seeing uh, lots of dealers and a lot of our industry uh, you know, connections at the event. And, uh, again, she and I will be speaking on, uh, uh, on Monday morning, uh, the 25th on, uh, business planning. And, and we've shared out there, Jeff, that we certainly the, from a new dealer to a well-established dealer, we think they're going to get everything they came for and a whole lot more in that session. Mm -hmm. So we urge people to, to join us for that session. And, uh, we're, we're grateful for the invitation. We're looking forward to being there. And then of course the dealer panel on Tuesday as well. So, and we will be in, Texas for our morning show on uh, the, that, the that 25th and we will be broadcasting live from not the exactly from the Kalahari somewhere. Mm -hmm. So um, that will be at what's really nice is when we were in Vegas for NIAD, that was a 6 a.m. call. Oh, yeah. This one's an eight. Yeah. So <laughs> that will yeah, be, that's gonna be exciting. Yeah. You yeah. guys are going to go on just before our opening general session, which is uh, we, we have a really unique opening general session this year. Um, Chad Randash, who is a buy here, pay here dealer out of Montana, yes. is teaming up with um, uh, a magician that uh, does uh, <laughs> keynote opening general sessions. And uh, it, we've been working on it for a couple of months. It's going to oh, be awesome. It'll be that's the most unique opening general session you've ever been to. I'll say I, love cool. I love it. I love it. You know, yeah. the first time I met Chad Randash was when I moderated a dealer panel at TIADA some years ago. So that's so I, I know Chad and have, haven't seen him much lately, but yeah, I look forward to that. And so again, Jeff, thanks for joining Thank us. You. I, I, I we, we appreciate you uh, taking time to, to get in here with us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you yeah. out in uh, Austin in about 11 days. Yeah. So if uh, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, um, please go feel free to go to YouTube, like and subscribe the channel there. And um, if there are some things that that you've heard Jim and I speak about today or other days that we might be able to help you with, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can find us on octane.group, which is our website, or just shoot us off a, a personal message, private message on Facebook or one of the other platforms that we're on. And really, really grateful, Jeff, that you could join us today. Um, really looking forward to, to seeing you all live um, in just a, uh, 11 days. And thanks to those who tuned in, especially those who took a break from picking tomatoes and whatever <laughs> else is going on in their world this morning. So thanks, Jeff. Have a great thank day. Thank you, Jim and Michelle. Thank you guys for what you're doing. Appreciate it. You thank bet. you. Bye.